The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everybody power, and welcome power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan power. Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us is Rick. Woohoo, Macca, how's it going? Mate, pretty good. I've got to say, pretty win. good. I'm good happy. weekend. Yeah, what an awesome weekend. What an awesome night to be doing a show. Can't be unhappy else. about uh, the event of the weekend, that's for sure. It's great. And hopefully uh, we've got some chatters in the chat room chatting away. I've, I've got some chat topics for them tonight. Go on. What I'd like to uh, I'd like to hear some conversations. What's their best time travelling movie? Uh, mine's frequently asked questions about time travel, a British one. I thought that was a really good one. And um, I wanted to know uh, from the masses in the in the chat room, uh, will Port Adelaide finish in the top four? And what's the luxury that we can afford? I reckon we can only drop one game to finish top four. And uh, does Jonathan Patton have the pinhead ratio that Nathan Barty does? You you seem no, to uh, disagree, but I think he does. He definitely doesn't. No. As I said in the pre-show, like Nathan Vardy has an unusually small head for his body. John Patton has a face on a neck. So it's a different type of strange head. He's just got this long neck and then it takes his head away from his shoulders. So I, I, I still reckon he's got a pinhead like Vardy. Yeah, he's a bit beaker-like. I'll give you that. <laughs> you're so, you're like the the expert on pinheads now. I am. I am. Yeah. It's my this... uh, it's my secret hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and how long how long has this been a passion of yours? Oh, 25 years for sure. <laughs> is that because you're, is that because you're jealous because you've got no neck? I've got a neck. Thanks very much. I've got no hair, but I've got a neck. <laughs> All my hair Please grows on my but... neck and face. <laughs> Those dwarf-like features that you have. <laughs> yes, that's it. Thanks very much. Right, well, let's move on. Wanker. <laughs> uh, let's do our love and hate. Uh, one thing we loved, one thing we hated about the weekend. Um, let's start with our hate this week. What's your hate? Oh, well, there's not much to hate. I, I hate the fact that we can never have a, um, a winning free kick ratio against North Melbourne. I don't know how to find those stats out, but... I actually wanted to go to the history books because I can't remember the last time we've won a free kick count against the Roos. Okay, well, that's that's an interesting one. Um, the umpiring on the weekend was unusually bad, I will say that. Mm. It, it just didn't seem right. But it, why is it that we seem to always be on the unusually bad end of umpiring? It just seems to... I mean, I, at sometimes I think us as Port supporters are a little bit precious and paranoid about the umpires, but we mm. do seem... I mean, even against West Coast, we seem to get the rough, rough end of the stick with the umpires as well. It just seems to be a common yeah. cause. Yeah. Look, the last time we beat North Melbourne in the free kick count was two games ago. In okay. 2015. Shut up, Macken. <laughs> so that ruined your surely. theory. Surely that was but right. you are right. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure most supporters go through the same thing where you kind of feel like you're always on the raw end of the deal than not. I guess the only... The last game that I feel like we got like a, a juicy ride from the umps was probably uh, the Bulldogs game at Adelaide over last year where we seemed to get a real ripper ride and we still lost the game. But um, apart from that, I can't think of any others in the last sort of season. Mm. Yeah, but then it's also probably bias as well. So, yeah, I try to say I try to stay re- relatively realistic and neutral about it because, um, yeah, I know we can get a bit emotional during games and umpiring and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But it just is annoying. I'd like to just be on the the winning end of the umpiring a bit more often. I mean, I just remember even the Geelong game this year. You know, I was thinking, awesome, the first quarter we were actually getting the calls in our way for a change. And then, obviously, after quarter time, that just fell away to a pile of poo as well. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. 
Boo. My hate isn't really Port Adelaide related, but my hate is that uh, Will Sutherland has chosen cricket over football. Um, now, he was uh, likely to go in the top five in the draft, um, has massive potential as a key forward, and it's a real shame that uh, the AFL's lost him to cricket. But on the other side, he is the under-19s cricket captain for Australia, and he'll probably make just as much money playing cricket as he will football. But um, it's a shame to lose a talent like that to a different sport. He'll make a shitloads more money in cricket, and obviously he's guaranteed uh, a, a selection in the Australian team. With his dad is in charge of um, of the of the cricket, so um, it seems like a pretty logical choice to me. I mean, if Shane Watson can get like a contract of six million a year, um, he's going to be on uh, Easy Street, surely. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I would think so. so um, but I, it, I guess it depends how far he goes, but. Um, I don't know. I probably would have given footy a crack first and then gone on the cricket route, I reckon. Would you? Yep. Is he a batsman or a bowler? Uh, he's a bowler. Okay, I guess you could get away with it as a bowler, you know, because uh, I think Australian cricket does bring bowlers on too quickly sometimes. And yeah, I, I could never find the article. I think REH might have posted it up years ago, but there was an article saying that um, you can't get a stress fracture once you go over 18 if you haven't had one. Whereas if you've had one, they can they continue with you. So um, so there was sort of a, a, a an argument there that in cricket terms, especially fast bowlers, not to not to push them and overwork them too early in their careers and then they, they've got a more sustainable future going on. So I can see the argument, maybe. Yeah. I guess it depends how far he'll go in his cricket career, but he's probably the first player in a while that's um, sort of chosen the other sport as opposed to footy. Um, Alex Keith did it, but he's come back to footy. Um, Shannon Hearn was another one, but um, who chose footy over cricket. Mitch Marsh was another one who um, played WA under-18s back in the day and uh, probably would have got drafted, but he went the cricket route. And it's probably been um, a good thing for him. Well, you want to be pretty confident that you're going to get selected because, I mean, obviously the numbers game is you play footy, you can make a reasonably good career and uh, and you've got a better percentage chance. I mean, what, there's 740 players in the system, whereas, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's only really 11 players that play test cricket. I guess now with the different forms, there might be 30 on the on the roster, but still the number charts is not as great as, um, as AFL, I guess. Yeah. I guess even as a first-round key position forward draft pick, you're almost guaranteed at least six years on pretty decent money. Even if Absolutely. you're not very good and you don't play all that often, like it just seems that uh, if you get drafted in the first round and you're key forward, you get more opportunities uh, to deliver than um, sort of anywhere else or any other sort of position on the ground. Absolutely, I mean, look how long Butcher stayed on our list, and I was actually shocked that he wasn't picked up by another AFL club because uh, you know usually the first round picks they get lured into being saved, and someone thinks they can do better, but uh, yeah. obviously not. I mean, even someone like James Seller, like how like he ended up on. And on two AFL lists for about eight years, I think. So, but he was and amazing. He played about half a decent game of footy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, anyway, our loves. Up? What was your love, mate? Ah, oh, so much to love, Macca. We're we're in a we're in a great period of time of football. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna love the the Kane Corns trolling. Everyone is just getting sucked in, aren't they? I mean, pretty much. I'm finding it thoroughly entertaining. Um, you know, the Paddy Dangerfield, and now, um, and now Kane Corns is coming out saying Port Adelaide should be signing Ken Hinckley to a long-term contract now before he gets poached. Well, he's still got a year to go. <clears throat> he's just got the great big troll face on at the moment. He does. Yes. He, uh, but it makes it, it makes sport a little bit, or football a little bit more entertaining, doesn't it? Because it gives people something to talk about. I like it. I know a lot of people sort of have immediately sort of gone the other route and sort of hate his media persona, but I really like it. He's opinionated, and I'm I'm more than happy uh, for for an ex-player to be opinionated like that in the media. Well, I mean, the Ken, the Ken Hinckley one's probably the first one that I'm I'm sort of not you know convinced with, but um, you know everything else he said sort of true. I mean, the Damien Hardwick troll was true. Richmond got ahead of themselves. I mean. Yeah. Port Adelaide's got ahead of themselves at times this year as well. But, 
you know, and he's been happy to call out Port when he when he's seen it. So I mean, most of the stuff hasn't been untrue. And let's face it, Dangerfield has the tendency to roll around sometimes. Very true. It is true. But what do you think about the, his Ken Hinckley call? Should we be signing Ken now to another long-term deal? Uh, no. No. Not now. Well, he's contracted to the end of 2018, right? Yeah. So any club, let's say Collingwood or Gold Coast sack their coaches, they can't hire Hinckley anyway. I mean, we've got him in a contract. So yeah. surely we can just say, sorry, Ken, you... You can't go. So what, are those clubs going to hire a coach um, just for one year for then Ken to not renew his contract with Port Adelaide and then he comes in in a year? I don't think that's going to happen. I highly doubt he's not going to renew. Like, I doubt that Ken will be coaching somewhere else at the end of his contract. It'll be, you know, he'll either re-sign or he'll get sacked. That'll be the two options. Agreed. He's not going to no. do a Ross line. No, and I think he's a good coach. I just don't necessarily think we need to be desperate enough to just sign him to another five-year deal. I mean, you know, he hasn't been completely convincing. I mean, we we sort of got lucky with the first couple of years of finals pretty quickly, and mm. uh, and then we've bottomed out, and now we're sort of coming good, but we're not mm-hmm. playing favourites. We're not top of the table, so I think there's still a bit of work to do there. So, yeah, why panic? Fair enough. My love is uh, Chad the midfielder. Um, it was only a matter of time, really, before he became a full-time mid, as opposed to being a forward. But um, I can't wait to see him play a full season there next year. And look, if he gets involved in the game a bit more, um, in terms of sort of his forward play as well, has more like it gets more, he has more consistent impact when he's playing in the midfield too. Um, he's just around the play, he gets a lot more of the ball. Um, he's a lot. He's a much more um, full footballer as he is when he just plays up forward. Is he sexier with long sleeves? Possibly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Are you a long are you a long sleeve fan? Not really, no. No. No? Well I mean I noticed Robbo's calling Chad out that he potentially is a uh, making a late charge for all Australian. I think I think he might I'm think he might fall short, but I, Who's that? I agree. Robbo said... Mark Robbo yeah. said tonight that he's a he's a making a very late charge to become a um, an all Australian player. And I wouldn't I wouldn't think so this year. I think unless he's best on ground no, for each of the last remaining sort of six games, then I can't see that happening. Because I was there last week or the week before. I said, you know, I think that this year is going to be the breaking the cycle where every second year Chad's all Australian. But yeah. I think. What we're doing is we're we're losing the every two year All Australian to create a Brownlow, Brownlow winner next some... year. <laughs> yeah, he's well, he's a bloody good player and uh, he's showing it. And he's he's yeah, you know, stronger body and a bit more disciplined. And uh, yeah, he's becoming the complete package. And when you you throw Ollie Wines and uh, Pow Pepper in there, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great with Brad Eber. Yeah. It's a strong midfield, isn't it? It is, yeah. Look, that first quarter was mind-blowing from Chad. To kick three goals, and and I think he ended up with sort of eight or nine touches as well. Um, you know, that's uh, one of the best quarters of footy he's played. Sorry, I was, you caught me mid-yawn. I agree with you. It was an exciting... He's a, he's a, he's a dynamic player. Sorry, I've been mm. working long hours. And, sure, sure. Uh, on the, and I am. I, uh, we've, you would have seen on Facebook, I've got that pop-up booth at Tea Tree Plaza. So, um, you know, tax isn't a glamorous thing for when people are shopping. So if anyone listens um, to the podcast or the live show, feel free to come in and say g'day and uh, talk a bit of footy with me. But, uh, yeah, look, he's he's a great one. And I think there's something you should have called me out on, Macca, but you never have. Uh, You're too nice to me, which was the... um, Remember at the start of the year when I said they should have brought Sam Powell Pepper through the SANFL and made him earn his place? Yeah. You never called me out on that. Well, why bother? <laughs> why not? I, he's I playing... I know you would, but he's playing great footy. Let's just leave it at that. He is playing great footy. And it's, there seems to be a bit of a media push to get him recognised for the rising star. Good. 
He deserves it. Well, he's he definitely been better than McGrath. Um, it's between him and Burton, I think. And I don't know. I feel like Burton will get it because he's playing in Victoria. But I would much rather uh, the inside goal-kicking brute footballer winning it as to someone who's just playing loose across half-back. Well, for the chat room experts that are listening to our show, can they maybe contribute for me? Because I don't watch really much of Hawthorne and I haven't seen uh, um, Burton or much of McGrath from Essendon. So can anyone pr- please provide a, a counter-argument on uh, why those players should beat Sam Power Pepper? Um, because I've got no idea what they do. I've ha- I haven't even seen them play. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a bit biased, but I'm just, yeah, I think he's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you company him and Chad in the midfield, and yeah, I mean, Chad, Chad's just got that artistic license and flair, um, you know, with his with his twenty twenty vision or three sixty degree vision around the packs. It's um, yeah, tantalising. I think next year will be amazing for Chad Wingard if he's not injured. Mm, fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, questions this week. Uh, one great club has asked. So this rumour that Port have offered Jacko a two-year deal, but he wants a three-year deal, if true, what do you think? Stick to your guns, two years. That's our policy, right? So we've been bitten with longer-term contracts, so that's no disrespect to Jacko. I mean, he's he's had his occasional injury concern, but he's been reliable in recent time. But I think I'm happy for two years, and, you know, even if it's like Westhoff with a trigger clause, you know, based on performance. But... um, you know, the club looks after the players, so I don't think Jack has got anything to be concerned about. Yeah. Look, I think um, I think we'll get some good news regarding Jacko. You know something? No, I just think uh, we'll get some good news. I don't know. I, I don't think... I don't know. I just feel he's the sort of player that will stick around. Like yeah, he's done I it before. So. Um, I feel like he'll do it again. He loves Port and he loves Adelaide and, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he still sees his family quite a bit and now he's got his gig with Triple M as well. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm confident he's comfortable there and, uh, you know, I never, I never talk to him about this sort of stuff when I occasionally text him and stuff. But, you know, I'd be, I'm with you. I'd be pretty confident that he'd, he'd probably hang around as well. Yep. Portia in the chat has said no more than two years if you're over 25, no more than one year if you're over 29. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. That's pretty fair. And as we know, uh, seven-year contracts uh, if you're under 25. So, yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Big cut, like Nate, like Nate Fight. <laughs> that's it. That's right. Uh, Power Girl has asked, should I continue my commentary to anyone who asks, yes, I think Port will win the grand final this year, or should I be low-key? Just go with your gut. If you think Port are a good Monty for the grand final... Um, go for it. I still have a gut feeling that it could be a Port and Adelaide grand final. Maybe. I think... It just, it's just in the I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's in the stars that we're going to meet the Crows in a final at some point this year. I think it's going to be that we're going to meet them in the grand final. I don't think we'll meet them in the grand final. You think one of us will drop out? I think they'll drop out, yeah. You think they'll drop out? Yeah. Not us. Touchwood. I don't know. I mean, it depends who they come up against, but I think, you know, we keep saying, well, the experts keep saying that their midfield's a little bit small and that could get exposed in the finals, but they keep backing it up. But, um, yeah, I think that could be their Achilles heel. What did you think of the uh, Sloan concussion thing? I think, look, it was, it was, I don't know. It, it's hard to read. Like, people are going, oh, how great from Tex Walker to tell him to get off the field. Well, no shit. He had to get off the field anyway because they brought the stretcher out. Like, he wasn't allowed on the field. So he didn't really do anything that great apart from you're being petulant, get off the field. <laughs> Stop holding mm. the game up. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think, like, Sloan was clearly affected. I I doubt he knew what he was even sort of doing at the time. So, yeah, um, it was a pretty, pretty big knock to the head. Like, uh, I can't recall seeing too many harder head knocks than that, especially on, on the ground. Um, 
Yeah, I'm amazed he got up sort of pretty soon, to be honest. Yeah, true. Mm. But anyway, I mean, there's not much else they could do. But anyway, yeah. we digress. That's right. Craig Jones has asked on the Spreaker chat, just curious if uh, we're going to go try the new burger franchise opening up in Mount Barker, Carl's Jr. I don't know. Is there a new burger franchise? Yes, Carl's Jr. Yep. Okay. Is that the first store or is there a few stores? First store in Adelaide, yeah. Um, that would mean I have to go to Mount Barker, which I do probably once every six years. So um, probably not, I would say. So what's so special about this burger place? I don't know. I think they're big in uh, America. Um, I don't know too much about them, to be honest. Okay. Well, if, I, if I'm up that way and I feel like a veggie burger, I'll check them out. But burger yeah. astronomy on, on the O'Connell Street's not too bad. That's pretty good. Yep. I don't mind that. Yep. Hmm. Uh, Fort Support. How good is Hartlett at the moment? Hartlett is amazing. And that's one, uh, you know, I've been pretty critical over the time and we might have spoken about Hamish a little while ago. Um, but uh, he is being um, solid as a player, like solid contributor, mm. but solid as in hard at the contest. And uh, that's one thing we can't question. He... Yep. Um, He's putting his body on the line and he's working his butt sure. off. And you know, and that's the Hamish Hartlett that we just want to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, we've ripped him to shreds on this podcast for the last couple of years, but his last two games have probably been his best uh, two games of footy um, in that time frame, I would say, um, especially in terms of going back to that sort of hard-nosed player that he was uh, going back to 2014. Um, some of the knocks and marks he's taken in the last two weeks have been fantastic and that's the Hamish Hartlett that I really want to see like we know he's got it in him to do it on a consistent basis he just doesn't um, and we don't want to see the uh, lethargic efforts like we saw against Essendon a few weeks back um, he can be this good and I'm really happy he's showing it now at the right time of the season he just needs to keep it going there's two things here for me it sort of reinforces my gut feeling that we shouldn't be playing both Hamish and Matthew Broadbent in the defence together. Mm. I don't know what it is, but there's just something there with the synergies of both of them in the defence. They both underperform. But when one of them's not there, they seem to, to perform better. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the... Uh, and there was another one, but it's I've lost it. But anyway, that's the most Fair important enough. one. <clears throat> yep. Fair enough. Uh, Papagello has asked, which player is leading our Brownlow count right now, and are they in contention? I would not even worry about it because we're not going to rate come Brownlow because we never do, and I don't think we have anyway. But if I had to sort of give it an answer, I'd probably say um, Brad Ebert. Yeah, look, Ebert's always polled reasonably well, um, and he's usually polled in games that we've done well in. Like If he gets a lot of the ball, he just seems to attract votes. He's that sort of player. So I think given the year that he's had, um, I think he's... Certainly our best chance. Is he a chance of winning it? No, I wouldn't think so. But I think he's definitely a chance to get, say, 15 votes or something like that. Um, if Chad sort of continues his form, he might reach double figures as well because he's had a pretty good year. Uh, Robbie Gray is obviously the other one as well. And Ollie, Ollie Wines will pick up his ones and twos. Ollie Wines has been great, but I don't feel... I might just be completely making this up, but I don't feel like he's uh, much of a voter. Yeah, well, he's one of those. Well, he got eleven last year. I guess he got eleven last year. So, and he didn't have a great year last year. So, yeah, look, he might be another one. I feel like we're going to end up with probably three or four players on, say, ten votes, something like that, as opposed to one sort of standout player uh, jumping above the pack a bit. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about the Hamish Hartlett thing too, and I made a comment on the Big Footy Forum today. I feel like um, Sam. Power Pepper has risen the hardness of the team. It's almost like the team has seen this young kid come in and be so physical at the contest and at the player that he's almost raised the benchmark on the expectation of physicality and it's actually pulled um, other players up with him. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with that. I think, um, no doubt, like you see a 19-year-old kid go as hard at it as he does. It would certainly lift your morale and and make sure that you want to sort of run through a brick wall as well 
Well, if he can do it, someone like Hamish Hartlett, that is built like a tank, oh, he should be sure. able to do it too. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Phil Rikers asks, is there any truth to the rumour that Port fans will only be allowed to attend the upcoming showdown as long as they promise not to make a sound? Yes, I, I think that's true. We we yeah. won't be able to take any loud hand clappers. Uh, there'll be no guys with clown hats bump beating drums. and uh, There will certainly be no banging on fences, that's for sure. No, no. But we, can't, we can't are allowed that. to take our... Our glassware and some Chardonnay and say, golly, golly, good gold, that one. Yes. Is it a chap? Yes. Well, I'll meet you Plus there and uh, make sure you bring your famous apricot slice, mate. Yes, I'll have my apricot slice for you and we'll, we'll cheer and clap with our gloves on silently. Jolly good. Yes. Uh, Janus has asked, uh, is the forum quiet because all of the chest beating about Westhoff playing forward turned out to be the biggest mischief ever perpetrated on this forum? And certain people have a massive egg on their face after actually seeing him line up on a wing at each and every centre bounce. I don't understand what the hell Anus is saying half the time. So what even is that question? (coughs) Look, he certainly uh, still played through the midfield. And Westhoff had probably his best game of footy for about four years, I reckon. I thought he was wonderful on the weekend. And like Hamish Hartlett, this is all we want to see. I mean... I get it that you know no player in Westhoff is not superhuman, and I know he's going to have low periods. But um, unfortunately, with Justin over the last four or five years, there's been massive chunks of a season where he's done nothing, and even this season he's sort of gone awol for patches. Yeah. But you know the last few weeks is great, and this is the expectation he sets for us um, for level-headed supporters, and we just want to see him influence the game. And you know I'm. And as we've said, he needs to play forward at times and kick goals because otherwise we're a tall forward short in our structure. And they've clearly pushed him forward a little bit more often over the last few weeks. And the team's been better for it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, 50 has asked, uh, will our fearless leader John Snow and trusted new compatriot Tornard combine forces with Brienne of Tarth and Tyrion Lannister to slay the dreaded White Walkers and the Knights King this weekend? Well, tax season's been great this season, Macca. Thanks for asking. It's <laughs> been in, I've met a lot of people, and it's been enjoyable, and, <clears throat> uh, and I hope it continues for a, a lot longer. Yes, the fish and chippery business is going quite well. Um, thanks for asking. Yeah, sorry. I need to get down there soon. I, I want to go do. to Soto's Fish and Chips at uh, Semaphore. I'll get down there very, very soon. But Absolutely. let's face it, I haven't, I haven't seen you up at the New Vision office for a while, often either, so. for a while. No, I have done yes. business with you before, as you know. Yes, that's exactly right. That's true. Uh, Budget Bugit has uh, asked, if Port were to trade for an A-class player this year, who would you trade for and who would you let go? We could get anybody we wanted. Anybody is on the table. But we've also got to let a player or two players go, so it makes sense. Okay, so we've got to let someone go. And you can't would, choose draft want... picks. Okay, no, no. I would take... I oh, God, it bends me to say it. I'd take Eddie Betts. Really? 42-year-old yeah, Eddie Betts. I think we need a small forward. Okay. Uh, and he's the only one I can think of that, at the moment. I think Eddie Betts would be great for our side. And, uh, and who would I let go? I'd let go... Of uh, Matthew Broadbent, and uh, I'd probably be willing to uh, to let go of uh, Jack Holmes if I did let go of two of them. Okay, fair enough. All right, I would pick Dylan Shield because I think his blend of um, extreme pace and clearance-winning ability would uh, revolutionise our midfield. Hmm. Nice. Yes. Who would I let go? I don't know. They would want the world for him, so you would probably, I don't even know if we've got someone that would actually make that <laughs> deal go through in reality, I don't know, they they would want something like Wingard plus something else, is what they would want, I reckon. Uh, um, you, what would Wingard. I be prepared to give up? I, I would be prepared to give up. Oh, shoot me down. Uh, Cleary and Pow Pepper. Mm. Nice. Mm. 
That's a big that'll call. Set the tongue I'd, yeah, I'd give up. That's really. a big. That's a big call, but. I don't know. I love Dylan Shu. I reckon he's one of the best midfielders in the league and he's the sort of player that would win us a premiership, I think. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, they've got so much stock for talent, bloody GWS. I'm surprised Mazungu gets a game, really. Was yeah, I know. I don't know. They they seem to uh they've got all this talent. They've got like what 41 first round draft picks or something and they they still play Tendai Mazungu and Matt DeBoer. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't all. get it either. <laughs> and Sam anyway. Reed, who's uh, just a complete hack. But yeah, um, <laughs> well, that's good for yeah. us because we should be poaching those kids that are on their fringe. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Andre has asked uh, the Bulldogs and Adelaide in the next three games, along with the Melbourne back in finals fairy tale. What are the odds on being minus thirty or more for freeze across these games? Well, I sort of address that, but I would say it's highly likely. Um, yeah, I, we just don't do well with the umpires, and I don't know why. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be a bit of a biased uh, influence in Melbourne at the MCG. And, uh, yeah, we're just, we're just got to suck it up and be better. I mean, we were able to overcome it against West Coast so and North Melbourne, so... Just be playing hard and hit the body and intimidate him that way and just don't give stupid free kicks inside the 50, that's all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brendan Archie Handball was asked, if the final four stay the same, then we get two home finals and we'll play Adelaide. By playing the Crows in the first final, have we effectively managed to make their top spot equivalent to finishing fourth? And if that was reversed, how dark would you feel if we finished top and had to play the Crows in a qualifying final? Um, I wouldn't feel dark at all because I'd be happy that we finished top and I've been maintaining all along that you know if the Crows are going to finish uh, top two, we want to be uh, matching up with them in fourth or third because uh, I think it's great for us that if we get the Crows in the first week of finals, we get basically two home games in a row. So uh, we do. I think yeah. that's I think that's a massive uh, score for us. Mm. It is. It and uh, it. But we've been down this path before, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but two thirds. Does it make top spot irrelevant or equivalent to finishing fourth? I don't think it does because they'll still have home ground advantage in terms of the crowd. They'll, they'll have more of their supporters there. Um, I don't know. I think if you I finish th- top, even if you end up playing your hometown rival at the same home ground, I still think you'd take some sort of momentum uh, going into that game. But I think it's great for us because I like the I like the uh, comment of um, they will get so pumped up by the media and their own press that and we'll just fly under the radar and uh, I think we're due I think we've been you know they've been better than us the last couple of years but I, I think we really um, we we should have taken them down in the first game and we'll just a bit sloppy for a patch there as we'll adjusting for the game plan and, mm. and uh, if you remember I said a month ago I thought we were we were sort of building, I think this was just before I said we should get rid of Ken Hinckley and hire Nathan Bassett, but um, I was saying we were just sort of like a big win away from believing truly in our in our structure and our, and our team team game, and you know, I think that West Coast game is that. And, yeah. Yeah, look, I think, I think we'll tweak our game because we, we really got exposed by their extra number at the contest, and I, I think we'll learn from that one and... Uh, yeah, I think I think we've got the midfield to cover them. To be honest, I mean, look, that's no disrespect. They're a great season and a good side, and but I'm I'm confident. Yep, fair enough. All right, let's uh, go on to our review of the game on the weekend. We played North Melbourne on Saturday and came away with an easy seventy point win, uh, nineteen goals, thirteen to eight goals, nine. Sammy Gray kicked four goals, uh, whilst oh, Chad Wingard God. kicked his three by quarter time. Robbie Gray, Pow Pepper, and Trengove all kicked two as well. Um. So why did we win, Rick? Oh, Sam Gray is the reason we won. He was just fantastic. He's such a good little player. Oh, my God. Let's talk about Sam Gray for half an hour. It was just so amazing. I feel like you're taking the piss here, mate. I am taking the piss. He had a good game against a shit opposition. I mean, I'll give him credit. He had a good game. And well done. He deserves to get some accolades for a good game. But he hasn't been the... 
awesome player that people are trying to make him out to be this year. And he's he's cost us a couple of games, and he's been quite inaccurate, and he's actually he actually doesn't perform against the big teams. And until he stacks it up against some of the big teams, uh, I'm going to continue to have question marks over him because I think he's not strong enough, and he doesn't lay tackles very well, and he chokes under pressure. And uh, But saying that, he had a very good game on the weekend, and I was disappointed because you agreed with me a couple of weeks ago, and now you've rolled over. And you're saying for the haters to stop Macker. So what is it? God, what are you doing? I think he's had an okay year. Um, and look, he had a wonderful game on the weekend. Four goals, ten marks, twenty-five touches. That's one of his career best games for sure. And you know, he used the ball exceptionally well too. Uh, he made the most of his chances, and and that's just what we want from Sam is for him to make the most of his chances. Um, and it's what he hasn't been able to do uh, throughout his whole AFL career to date, but. To have that game in his 50th game was, was great. Um, it was great that he's uh, ended up getting to 50 games because I, I certainly didn't think it would happen um, at the start of his career. Um, but he's made it, which is wonderful. Um, but yes, th- there are concerns. My main concern, and, and it's why I liked Kane Mitchell so much, was that, and we spoke about this last year, especially with Porsche, was that um, with Kane Mitchell, you knew that he was always going to perform in the big games, like, He'd be pretty ordinary for the rest of the sort of season, but come showdowns or games against top four teams, um, he was always able to sort of break free whilst everyone else was concentrating on your Ollie Wines and Wingard and, and those sorts of players and play very, very good football against very good opposition or in big moments. Um, whereas Sam Gray is kind of the opposite of that. Like He plays really well when we're well on top and everyone else is doing their job. Uh, but come the pressure games, when we need like our second stringers like Sam Gray to stand up and help us win those games, he's never been able to do it at all in his uh, career to date. So that's that's something that he still has to work on for sure. Like um, He's really let us down in, in pressure moments against really good opposition. Um, if he can turn that around, then he's, you know, he's probably got another 50 games in him. Yeah, absolutely. If he, if he can build on this performance and continue to build consistency and, you know, I mean, as we know, you as a player, you build your reputation in finals, right? That's the cauldron of finals is what makes uh, champion or great players or even good players. And, and so far in those finals-like games, he hasn't been able to produce. And I guess maybe I do judge him a bit harshly because he's only 50 games in and he's still building but um, I guess the one thing is he's playing that hard running role where he's running back into the defence and then coming forward and maybe he's still getting used to that I don't know but yeah I'm the same as you I I hope he becomes a 100 game player and gets his name on the locker because I don't wish ill of any uh, Port Adelaide or any player but especially a Port Adelaide player Um, but yeah I would really uh, so I'd I'd love to see his name on the locker but uh, I think he's still got some way to go yeah, I would have had no reservations in playing Kane Mitchell in finals at all because I, kn- I know he would have delivered, whereas I've still got reservations about Sam being able to do the same. But on the weekend, he was fantastic. He was just about best on ground and um, had a wonderful game. So good on him. Yeah, I still reckon you flip, you're flip-flopping here. At least I've maintained a consistent argument. You've sort of you've sort of tried to side up with the masses because you just want to be that good bloke macker that everyone <sighs> loves all the time. I still think there's probably more negativity than positivity around Sam Gray. Mm. From you or just from general populace? No, it's like uh, from in general, I think. Mm. But look, you know what? He's got a great opportunity now for the rest of the season to stand up yeah. and show us what he's got. I mean, and starting on 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 uh, Saturday, Saturday our game or Sunday against Melbourne? Mm. Uh, Saturday, I think. Yeah. So, it was um, just good to see him kick four goals one as opposed to one goal three or absolutely. one goal two. It's the first time since uh, round two that he's actually had a positive um, goal-kicking ledger, which is great. Yeah, great. Um, and that's all we want is for him to make the most of his chances because he does get a lot of them. And as I said before, like he could easily be on 30 goals this season and be potentially sort of top five in our best and fairest. Absolutely. I uh, let's well, gee, that's a big call, but let's 
see how it goes. Well, if he's getting, you know, what is sort of 20 touches a game and kicking a couple of goals a week, well, that's a pretty impressive stat. True, it is. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on. And, uh, yes. I want to talk about Paddy Ryder because he uh, tore Todd Goldstein a new one. Um, he's not having a great year, uh, it's a given, but... No, he just thumped him in the hit-outs. I think we were what, something like 15-3 to 3 in clearances in the first quarter, something ridiculous like that. Uh, he beat him around the ground, and Todd Goldstein just had a complete nothing game, like two kicks, no marks, 22 hit-outs. Um, Paddy really is in all-Australian form right now. Oh, look, I personally think that Paddy's the best uh, ruckman in the league, absolutely, and... Uh... I was a bit shocked at the halfway mark of the season that the experts were putting Jacobs ahead of Paddy Ryder. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's an amazing player for us. And he's, I think we said not long ago, it's amazing how he's been able to come off of a year of suspension and uh, be fit for the whole season. And, you know, there were question marks whether he could uh, last the whole season and, and not get any injuries. And, you know, he's... Uh, yeah, he's doing a great job, and yep. uh, and I always maintain, and I said it for years, especially when Moby was out of form. Um, you know, the Port Adelaide that I know and I, I remember always had an influential Rutman. You know, I, oh, I think definitely. of Collingwood. Yeah. Collingwood was one of those sides that would play, um, you know, to a losing ruck quite often, whereas we've always been one that's been driven by a. a key ruckman um, that's you know, led the midfield and 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 give, given the midfield at least break even a, or a bit of an advantage and uh, yeah Paddy is coming back oh, to our sure. Port Adelaide roots as, as a lead a lead and great ruckman in the competition ever since I've been alive and, and following footy in Port Adelaide we've had dominant ruckman I think of Russell Johnson who was a Jack Odie medalist Daryl Poole was a Jack Odie medalist David Hines should have been a Jack Odie medalist in 88. Mm. Um, then we had Primus, we had Brendan Laid, we had Dean Brogan. And it's really only since they retired um, that we've sort of been in all sorts in the ruck a little bit. But um, now that Pat, Paddy's there full-time, he's just uh, delivering um, full steam ahead, which is great. Absolutely, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how old's Paddy now, 28? Yeah, around about that, I think. Maybe 29. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he's he's still got a long 29. time ahead of him. And so he's still probably got at least three good years ahead of him, I would imagine. And, uh, yeah, it's it's. I hope exciting. the year off did him did his body well and uh, he can play for a, you know another couple of years on top of what he might have been able to do when we first got him. Yeah. Well, I sort of mean, I always thought that, you know, the suspension was better for him to freshen up and maintain his fitness Compared to a player, when you're coming back from an injury, you're on a limited training schedule for a period of time, right? So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't keep his fitness up and then it was just match conditioning that he had to get familiar with again. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully it extends his career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, our midfield's love it. And his creativity in the tap work is very Brendan Laidish at the moment. It is, yeah. He's dominating. Yeah. Uh, Brad Ebert. Um, had a great game on the weekend. He had 30 touches. He had 14 clearances, eight inside 50s, and uh, three goal assists as well. He was one of our best players once again this year. Monster. He, Brad, Brad had that, um, what, about a month ago, what, he probably had a couple, two, three weeks, a bit of a lean patch for him um, in a very consistent season. Uh, but, yeah, he, uh, what, do you have seven clearances in the first quarter or something? Something like um, that, yeah. Brendan Lake was saying that he was on world record pace or something when when uh, Brian Lake, uh, no Brendan Lake, Lake, right? Well, he couldn't get anything right with uh, Port Adelaide. Oh, Brett Ebert right. and uh, Port Power, sorry, Port Adelaide, and uh, yeah. yeah, so fair enough. I yep. thought I'd just play on that one. Good work, good on you, Mac. You've, you've done well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, look if, if Brad Ebert isn't in the All Australian team, then it's a disgrace. Because he's been our best player this year, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, he'll be leading the best and fairest. He's had a super consistent year. He's regularly hit the sort of 30 disposal mark. He's doing everything inside. Um, he's impacting games like he hasn't before. 
He deserves to be all Australian. You know, I don't understand why we don't maybe push him forward a little bit more often because he's so strong overhead as well. Yeah, I guess we used to uh, back in the day when he first came. Um, and he's had a couple of games where he's kicked sort of three or four goals, but I guess he's too valuable in the midfield. And because he's so fit, he can sort of play all day in there as well, which um, which you kind of want. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. And uh, I, I love the comment that someone said the other day about um, he's almost an expert with the uh, with the tackle now and uh, and getting the clear and kick away. Yeah, that's true. That is right. Yeah. Um, Logan Austin came in for his first game uh, on the weekend. His first game this year, I should say. Uh, played a fullback on Majak Door um, and kept him to just the one mark and uh, a couple of disposals, and that, that was about it. Uh, how did you see his game? Well, it seems that Logan was a bit uh, polarising with his game. Some people didn't like it, and and some people some people did. I thought Logan was okay. Um, I think if you look, if you just look at the stat sheet and go, oh, Brown got four goals, oh, it's Logan Austin's fault. He was fullback. But I think if you do, if you dig a little bit deeper than that, I think yeah, you know, he he got off to the off his player and, and made contests and brought the ball. Well, to he barely played and, on Brown at all. He only played yeah, on Brown right. for about twenty minutes. That's right. So I'm just <clears throat> wondering if people are looking at the stats and going, oh, Logan didn't have a good game. I thought his game yeah. was serviceable. What do you think? I thought he was. I thought he was really solid. Yeah, he did yeah. his job. He he kept a reasonably dangerous player in Magic Door to zero impact on the game. Like if if you're a, a defender and you keep your opponent to just one mark, um, I think you've definitely done your job. Correct. And uh, he he just fitted in with the defence, and it was his first game in. So I was quite happy uh, with him. What about um, Joe Atley? How did you find his game? Really good. Really good. I, I thought he was a bit unlucky, though, because uh, there seemed to be... At the ground, um, I was sort of getting excited every time he got the ball, and then he'd be throwing it back to uh, an opposition player because a free kick was cold, and that seemed to happen about seven times where he got the ball, um, unfortunately, when a free kick was cold. Yeah. <coughs> but I, so I thought, he was... I yeah, he was, uh, he was a bit unlucky with that, but... I love his instinctive handballing is just just about elite already. Like he hears a voice and he just knows how to hit targets with his handballs. He just needs to get more um, space on the outside and, and get some kicks as well. Well that's interesting because I thought he was a bit sloppy with hitting his targets. Nah, nah, I don't reckon. Yeah, no. I thought there was I thought he did There was there was one bad handball that I remember. Um where he yeah. sort of handballed too far in front of someone. But apart from that, I thought he was pretty pretty spot on. No, I think we need to keep him in the side because he's um, he's showing some really tough traits. Uh, again, he laid some super hard tackles on the weekend. Was it him that brought down Todd Goldstein in that monster tackle? Or was that Pal Pepper? I thought it was Pal Pepper. Oh, I reckon it was Atley. I can't remember, though. Well, you could, but you I could think, be right. Um, if it was in the third... It was the one where he sort of had a big run-up and just sort of attacked him and ended up bringing him down and was holding the ball, I think. Um, Might have been in the first half, but... uh, I don't know. We've been saying for years that uh, we need a good second-string inside midfielder to come in and take the pressure off uh, the main guys, and I feel like Joe Attlee is the sort of player that is capable of doing that. Mm. Well, I mean... If he was, if he kept his spot in the side, it's not like I'm going to be vomiting on the keyboard, going, "Oh my God, how can he keep his spot in the side?" But I can also see that if he, um, if he got uh, dropped or removed for someone else, um, I'd be, I could see that too. I mean, but I mean, who's pushing there? We've got Cal Amon, who might have another game in the reserves. I mean, who else is really pushing their way? to replace him that's in the, in the SANFL at the moment. Well, we might talk about that a bit later in the SANFL section, but it's probably not too many um, at the moment, um, not at least that can sort of do the role that he can do as well. Uh, obviously, there's Archie, but um, you know we've been there, done that quite a few times. And I feel like uh, yeah. Atlee's going to be a very long-term player for our club, and we need to give him the opportunity to uh, get up to speed as quickly as possible. And 
you know, I thought he was okay in his first game. I thought he took a step forward this week, and um, I feel like he can continue to take uh, some steps forward if we give him the game time. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just excited to see Carl come back in. I think he, he's got that. Oh, for sure. No, I, I expect Carl to come back in too, but I don't think he'll be replacing Atley. So what did you think of our um, game style this week? Did you, were you, did you think it was rock solid? Did you see any issues with it? Did you see anything different? It's hard to see issues with it when you win by 70 points and you're eight goals up a quarter time. Um, you know, we were <clears throat> we were rock solid again down back. You know, we barely let anything through. Our midfield did the job. We were really tough at the ball, tough at the body. Uh, you know, we, we played really, really well this week. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> I don't know, I noticed the comment. I think, uh, sorry, I was at, I was working, so I was listening to it on the radio. And uh, the commentators on the radio were saying that Port seemed to be spreading wider down both the wings, which was leaving a vacuum of space in the middle. And then we, we were just leaving one person in the middle that we were able to spot up and use with a lot of space. Um, yeah. Did you see, and that, did you see that something like that? That person was Travis Boak, pretty much. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, again, like, like we did against West Coast, he played that sort of corridor role, and he did it really, really well. Um, you know, again, that's his second great game in a row, I think. Um, yeah. So he certainly improved his form back to where it should be. Um, he was great. Um, and you're right, like we did sort of move down the wings and then we, we, like, I don't know, North Melbourne were in all sorts for most of the game and they just applied sort of minimal defensive pressure. Um, so we were able to sort of control the corridor. We were able to control um, just, just the way that the game was played, really. Um, from start to finish. So, I don't know, there's been a couple of uh, wins this year which I guess you might say were unimpressive. I'm kind of thinking about the uh, the Brisbane game a bit, but um, overall, I feel like you can like, I don't know, I'm not at all disappointed at how we played on the weekend. I thought we played great footy and we came away with a, a, a big win that we deserve to have. And I think, uh, yeah, I should recognise the leadership group because I've been critical of the leadership group at times, and uh, which is both for me, it's both and it's Hartlett and it's Hamy, um, Westoff, um, you know, Robbie Gray. Um, these guys are really standing up and influencing the side at the moment, week in, week out, and yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, and but this is the expectation. They are the leaders of the team, whether in, they're in the official leadership group or not. And uh, and they need to be doing this week in week out. And if we're going to be have a successful finals campaign, um, we need them to to stand up through the finals as yeah. well. No doubt. Trengove in his hundred fiftieth game, I thought he was really good up forward again. Uh, took three marks, kicked a couple of goals, had an impact in the ruck as well. Did you love his uh, second goal or his first goal? I loved both his goals, mate. Yeah. Did you like his shank kick? Stylish. It, it was a bit. It was, hey. um, but it's good. Like he's now kicking goals again, which is uh, which yes. is what we want from our key well, forward. I, I think you were happy that if he could kick like twenty goals for the year, that he's sort of done his job. Is is that what your expectation was? I think I said at the start of the year, if he could average a goal a game, I'd probably take that. Um, mm. And he's yeah, he's kicked fifteen in sixteen, so um, he's on track to do that. Um, so yeah, look, he's been okay this year. Uh, yeah. Overall, it, there's been some games where it clearly hasn't worked, and there's been, I guess, a lot of time where it clearly hasn't worked, and we've needed to change things up, but haven't. Um, but again, I, I feel like it might be a little bit of a Sam Gray scenario where he's kicked a lot of goals against um, poor opposition, but hasn't delivered at all. Um, when we've really needed him to stand up. Correct. But he's getting there. And I've noticed he's taking, he seems to be taking more overhead marks closer to goal at the moment, which I think is a good thing for us. Yeah. Well, he needs to. He's 197 centimetres tall. <laughs> like, he needs to Correct. take some marks inside 50, um, yes. which he wasn't doing uh, for quite some time. But he's uh, he's back doing that now, which is nice. But I, I think our delivery to our forwards over the last few weeks is a lot better too. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, it is. But we've had a lot more time with the ball as well, so I guess uh, that's going to happen when you have that. Um, 
Jarman Impey, I feel like I feel like this was a really great team performance overall. Like everyone did their job. There was only kind of one player which was sort of lagging a little bit behind, and that was Jars, um, who again kind of I felt didn't use the ball all that well. Just seems to go missing for large parts of the game. Is he the player that makes way for Carl Amon? Mm, I don't know. I, I I like Jarman, and I just think he's got such explosive pace, and I think it. I think it scares the uh, the opposition team and the coaches. So uh, I don't know if he's playing some sort of decoy role or, or whatever, but I don't know. I don't I'm mind not sure Jarman. what he's doing at the moment, to be honest. What his role in the team is. I like the idea of Jarman Impey more than I like Jarman Impey at the moment. I think I'd probably uh, flick off um, Matt White for Amon, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Whitey's doing his job, though. That's the thing, like... He was pretty good this weekend as well, and I don't know that. There was a couple of moments where he had that burst speed back again, like he had a couple of years ago, uh, which was nice mm. to see. Yeah, I know. I know Ford thinks that he's lost a little bit of edge in pace, so um... he certainly has. But there are moments where he sort of breaks away. I guess depending on who's next to him, I guess. But um, yeah, I certainly didn't expect to see Matty White in the team this late in the season. Um, and becoming a bit of a fixture. Maybe he's just warming the spot for Amon. I don't know. Um, mm. I feel like we're going to probably keep Jars in the side regardless of what his form is because you almost know that come finals time, he's the sort of player that's going to win you a final or win the Norma Smith medal <laughs> You know, with a extraordinary day out sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, I've got huge expectations of Jars and he's just not meeting them at the moment. Um, and I really thought he would have developed um, something in the last sort of four years than what we saw in his debut season, but he's really not developed at all. Like, I thought he'd be a sort of a 20-disposal player by now, but um, he's taking longer than expected. But is it the position that he's in? Is it, but he's know, mainly maybe... playing free. Like he's playing on a wing. He's playing half forward. Like he should be getting a lot of the ball. Like if Sam Gray can get that much of the footy, then really, in reality, so should Jarman Impey. Yeah, but they're different roles, though. I think. I don't think they are, to be honest. You don't think? No. But I guess you know, in Sam Gray's sort of. Uh, or in Impey's defence, they, I think they're a little bit different players. And Sam Sam Gray is a natural ball winner. Uh, yeah, he's always played that midfield role. So maybe he just has that. You know, Sam has that appetite to be able to get in the right spots potentially. That um, uh, you know, Jarman's still learning. Yeah, possibly. I don't know, but I'm with you. I can see a case. I can see a case either or. I mean, I just love his speed and I love his tackling and I love his running carry. Yes, I'd like him to get more of the ball, but maybe there's a reason for it and we just don't know what it is. Yeah, maybe. Um, let's talk about the SANFL quickly. Port played Centrals on Saturday and lost by 16 points, 11 goals, 13 to 10 goals, 3. Uh, Brett Eddy with three goals was the only multiple goal scorer. Um, we sort of challenged pretty late, um, but uh, Centrals had built up about a 40-point lead by that stage. Despite us kicking, I think, five goals in a row late in the last quarter, we just couldn't uh, go that extra step. Uh, but there were a few sort of decent players on the day that might be sort of push, pushing for selection as well. Yeah, and who are those players? Um, Arch was good again. Uh, 24 touches, five marks, um, five tackles. So he was consistent. Aaron Young, he had his 23 touches and a goal, um, which we know he's going to get every time he plays at that level. Um, Carl Amon's first game back from injury, yeah, 23 touches and uh, four marks, so that was nice. Um, and Jesse Palmer had 23 touches as well and six inside 50. So Jesse, I, I don't know, I feel like he's not going to get a game this year, which is probably unfortunate for him because he's um, had super consistent form all year. Yeah, but I guess it's a tough team to crack into with limited injuries. And, uh, well, I guess, you know, you touched on... Um, yeah, we've been there and done that with Archie. Um, uh, same with Aaron Young. We've sort of been there and done that. So I guess if someone was to come in, I'd probably, 
you know, I'd like to see Palmer, but do you go with the unknown so close to finals if you want to replace someone, or do you uh, do you stay with the devil that you know? Um, yeah. You know, so that's the that's the question mark. And I think, you know, I think we just need to select like for like. So, yeah, if we were gonna, if we wanted to drop Atley, well, maybe it's a, you know, an arch that would replace him, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, hard body players. Um, and uh, you know what? And to be honest, I mean, I didn't. Th- I thought Archie was a bit unlucky to get dropped. To be honest, yeah. So I thought he was playing well, and you know, I don't. I didn't. I still don't. There was no because there was no answer to you know the game that he got dropped. He only played fifty percent game time. Yeah, and he still picked up eleven or twelve disposals in that fifty percent game time. So um, mm. yeah. So again, and so for me, it would be like Impia White for Amon. Um, you know, run, link up sort of player. And, uh, you know, if Atley was to go out, it would be maybe that bigger body of Archie or Young that would probably replace them. But, you know, I don't think we're going to roll the dice with new players like Frampton no. and, uh, and and even Howard. I'm classifying him as a new player um, yeah. this season, unless something dramatic really happens. I feel like there's only three players that are going to get games from that SANFL team for the rest of the year, and that's Young, Amon and Homsch. That's it. Yep. I can't see anyone else breaking in. I can't see someone like a Willem Drew breaking in for a debut or anything like that. Um, I don't think we'll give Archie another chance. Uh, Palmer's going to be unlucky. Um, And unless, yeah, another sort of toll goes down or something like that, I I feel like they're the only three players that are going to sort of get back in. Maybe Jakey Need at a... At a stretch, but that'll be it. Well, Jakey need needs to be stretched, really. <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> yes, he does. So, um, yes. so just your quick thoughts as we get to the end of the show. Um, I'm saying that to finish top four, we can only really afford to drop one game. I'm a bit worried about the approaching uh, Sydney freight train that's coming um what are your thoughts yeah well that's <clears throat> i think feel like that's pretty um straightforward i guess like we need to win what have we got six games left we need to win five i think to sort of guarantee ourselves top four um if we if we drop two games we're going to have to rely on other teams to drop games as well um sydney don't look like dropping Anything anytime soon. Um, so they're in they're in just wonderful form. <laughs> the Swans, which is great for them. Um, but you never know. I mean, GWS seem to be uh, falling a little bit. Um, they've not had a good sort of few weeks. I still don't trust Geelong um, at all. So I don't know. Maybe we might be able to afford to lose two games, and maybe one of those other teams will drop out. Geelong do keep on winning though. They do, but um, that's bound to sort of end at some point soon. You'd hope so, but maybe it's just one of those seasons for them where it doesn't. I don't know. Mm. But um, yeah, I still think I just think we can <coughs> we can only rely. We can maybe drop one game if we want to be top four. I think I think we'll make finals. I think I think that's uh, clear, and I, I'd anticipate we'll probably finish in the top six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, uh, yeah, all, top four, I think only one game. And so it makes this Melbourne game a really, really important game. It does, absolutely. This is the da- the danger game for the season, I feel, for us. Like if we win this one, I I feel we're going to go in confident of winning every single game for the rest of the year. And, and we may just do that. If we lose this one, the, the doubts are going to start creeping back in again. And then you look at the showdown, and that's going to be tough. You look at the Dogs game, that's going to be tough. You look at St Kilda, that'll be tough as well. So, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like our entire season is almost riding on this result this week. Mm. I think it it's is It's a lot too. of pressure. I agree, but it's exciting. It is exciting. It is, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to be going to finals with you, Mecca. Great. I love watching grown men cry. <laughs> oh, look, there's no shame in that, mate. No. I, if, I wish I could get as emotional at the footy as what you do. It'd 
it'd be nice. I, I'm a boring spectator these days. I just sort of, I just go and observe. I, I don't get the emotion of it anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that is. So, it. was the chat room busy? The chat room was pretty busy. Yep. Yeah. Any any new people in the chat, or just the familiar faces? Oh, just the uh, the regular riffraff. Yep. Yeah. And are you and are you able to fill in with me for me on Thursday night again? Because I'll be uh, oh, I suppose I'll, I'll be working at Tea Tree Plaza to nine o'clock. Okay, that's fine. I can do that. That that'd be great. Yep, no worries. Can do. Unless you want it, unless you want me to do it, and I just get interrupted with tax questions throughout the night. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. I can certainly uh, fulfil those roles for you, mate. That's fine. Awesome. Thank you. Good stuff. Until next time. Can't appear. Gay the power. Have a good one, peoples. Ciao. The heat's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Play it simple. Good attack from Dalapati Carlo. He left his man. He took them on. He gets the lines. Oh, baby. The finest of lines.